The Lord has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. That is a prayer that I pray to God constantly. Give me the tongue of the learned. It's not something I learned. God gave that to me, but also give me ears so I can hear from you. And if I really hear from God, and I had a message we talked about that here, you can't hear from God and not obey. It's hard. It's hard. There was one man that tried it. It wasn't good for him. Jonah, remember him? He pleaded for help. I'm now going to obey. (laughs) It's hard to hear from God uh, and not obey. When God speaks to you, the faith to obey, the confidence that this is coming from God uh, gets into your heart. And even if you don't want to obey, it's still there telling you, you need to listen. Amen? Now, we've been talking about the different gifts. We talked about the revelation gifts. And uh, we talked about uh, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. And the other week, I started with the power gifts. Uh, Thank you, Pastor Roy, for helping me the week I was in Nigeria. Um, The power gifts. First one is faith. And then the second one is the working of miracles. And then the gifts, plural, Gifts of healings. Those are all uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Notice, they are gifts of the Holy Spirit. They are not your gifts. They are gifts of the Holy Spirit. And you're just a conduit that God wants to use. So you can be the gifts of healing. And somebody comes to church on Sunday. And the gift of his healing is gone to Nigeria. And then we'll say to him, oh, you made a, this is not the right Sunday for you to come. Because the gift is gone when he comes back. There's nobody like that. Okay? He is the one who has the gifts. And he gives to every one of us as he wills. The, what I see in that is as he sees the need, he uses whoever is available. And you, whoever is willing, he is willing to use. If you go to a village where you want to preach Christ and you don't know a lot, but you believe in God for miracles, guess what's going to happen? They'll see miracles because he's not going to disappoint you. You are available and he walks through you. That's confidence we must have in him. The gift of faith is the faith, a supernatural faith that comes from the Holy Spirit given to you to accomplish a thing. That humanly is impossible. And if you are going to use your natural faith, and you know how it is with us, our natural faith. Uh, like Paul Yongicho, that's the pastor of the largest church in the world. He said, I had faith at night, I was shouting. And then the next morning, I wondered where faith went. It was gone. And he had to recharge himself to come back to the place of faith. But the gift of faith is sustained by the Holy Spirit himself. And you never waver. It's, no matter what you hear, no matter what they're saying, it's like, I don't want to even discuss that. Let's not go there. That's settled. And you don't even feel like praying. It's, why should we pray? In your mind, it's done. 
And then when it's accomplished, you look back and wonder, how did I do that? <laughs> That's the way it was. And I shared about Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts talked about building a university in his time. How can you do that as a Christian? To build a university and have professors having to pay them? The least, that's so you, you can't think of that. But nobody could talk him out of it. He, I saw Jesus. Jesus told me, and the faith was there. And it manifested itself. So that's just the gift of faith. And it can come for anything. Not just university. It can come for healing. It can come for finances. In whatever area God wants to do something unusual, it comes to you and it's going to be done. Because God demands faith. You see, if anything is going to be done, faith is needed. That's the currency for transaction with God. And so if man cannot produce the faith, the Holy Spirit wants it done, guess what he does? He puts it in the man, and you carry that faith because you are willing, and you are, you are ready to go with God, and so he's found a vessel to use, and then he deposits that in you, and until the work is done, faith stays. That's the gift of faith, which is the Holy Spirit's gift. It's a, you know, when we talk about uh, the gifts of the Spirit, it, we're talking about the manifestation gifts, right? The sign gifts. This is one of them. It comes on you, manifests itself, and doesn't quit until the work is done. I'd like you to look at somebody like Samson, you know? Samson was ordinary. You know, people say... You go ask Samson, what's the secret of your power? And then he shows you his biceps, he does this. Can't you see? Well, he was just like everybody else. And so he does things that people, how can he do that? This skinny guy can do, so people asking, what is the secret of his power? That's the way the, the gifts of the Spirit operate. You just don't have it. God gives it to you. He says, the Holy Spirit comes upon something, right? And he does what he has to do. And after that, he's just like everybody else. Only when the time is right, he stands up faith because he knew God's with him. And then the Spirit comes upon him and he says mightily and, well, you say like a whirlwind. That's just the way it is. It's a manifestation gift coming from the Holy Spirit. Then we'll have the working of miracles. Uh, and miracles, sometimes people confuse uh, miracles with healings. There are miraculous healings. But there are also miracles along with healings. So healings can be, a healing can be a miracle, but that's not where we stop. There are other miracles that has nothing to that have nothing to do with uh, healing. You know them. For example, to multiply bread. That's a miracle. It has nothing to do with healing. So that's, that's a miracle. I'll give you another example. Um, in Acts, I believe, uh, chapter 8, Philip had to baptize somebody, uh, an Ethiopian eunuch, in the, in the desert, Right? And then right after he baptized the man, the guy, the, come, the guy came out of the water and poof, Philip was gone. And then he was found in Azores. And he wasn't concerned about where is the Ethiopian. 
He was in a different place. He said, well, God brought me here. He started preaching. That's a miracle. We see these things. But listen, these things happen in the New Testament. You know why it doesn't happen to us? We don't even think about it. We don't even consider God doing anything like that. And if we hear it in the church, I was preaching somewhere, and all of a sudden I found myself back in India. Everybody would put their heads down. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Stay away from that guy. He's weird. (laughs) Right? That's what we do. We don't believe it. We won't believe it. The only time we believe it, if somebody calls from India and said he was with us yesterday, really? Maybe it's a witch or something. <laughs> that's what we can't believe things like that. See, that's why it doesn't happen to us. So the message is supposed to challenge us to start trusting God for something bigger than yourself. Because we are dealing with an almighty God. And until we decide that God can do this, his hands are tied. His hands are tied. We never see anything. And again, you have to desire it will come into that. If you don't desire it, you'll never see it. You'll never see it. There was a time in my life, all I wanted to see was, I wanted to see a miracle. I saw miracles before me, but I didn't know those individuals. You need to wait in the crowd. And then they claim, in my mind, they claim I was blind. Now I see. And my mind saying, yeah, that's true. I believe God's done it, but I don't know where this guy came from. But it's a different thing when you see somebody coming in doing this, right? And you can't see. And you look into their eyes, milky. And then they walk out before you. That's different. But God has shown me that. I saw a woman walking with milky eyes. I mean, completely milky. And then the next thing I knew, he was trying to touch this fellow's nose. And walked out by herself. But that's what I wanted to see. I really wanted to see a miracle. I wanted to see deaf ears open. I wanted to see something that tells me there is a God. I know there is a God, but I want to see him at work. Outside of man, I know you, you can't do that. The preacher may have prayed, but he's not the one doing it. So I know who did it, right? And my faith is in him. I tell myself, if he can do it for that man, maybe he'll do it for me. If I'm sick... He just healed this guy. And I said, that guy's sickness is even worse than mine. Well, if he can do it for that, God, I just have a little one. Can you help me? That's the way it works. So we have healing miracles. Give you an example. I have scriptures, but I'm running to go to the one I really want to talk about. Um, Give you an example. You know, in Acts, Acts chapter 3, the man... The scripture says the man was born lame, lame from his mother's womb, right? And they laid him at gate, beautiful. That looks like a, a healing, right? So Peter saw him, and Peter and John, and silver and gold, have I not? Some preachers say, for most Christians, they say silver and gold, have I not? And such as I have, give I thee. Silver and gold they don't have, and they don't have such as I have as well. Okay? <laughs> but such as I have, I give to you. And he says, in the name of Jesus, rise up. And Peter couldn't wait. 
Peter couldn't wait. You know why Peter had to raise the man up? He's never walked. He was born lame. He was lame from his mother's womb. And then the scripture says he was leaping and walking. Who taught him how to walk? Have you thought about that? Who taught him how to walk? You know how you teach children to walk? They stumble and they fall. This, This guy was leaping and walking. And he tells you that everybody was watching. He was lame from his mother's womb. When God does a miracle, he's complete. Amen. He's complete. He's a miracle. That was a healing miracle. You understand what I'm saying? Now, if he was lame and God healed him, that's a healing, right? But he was lame from his mother's womb. That's a healing miracle. It's like that the man that was born blind. That was a healing miracle. When you read that scripture, John chapter 9, you, you begin to see, Christians, sometimes we need to stop and just think. You know, I, I ask myself, how did the disciples know that the man was born blind among so many people, right? If I met Stevie Wonder, I know he's famous, but say you don't know him, right? If you met him for the first time, are you going to be able to tell whether his condition, blindness, was the way it was when he was born? You couldn't tell that. You couldn't. Somebody would have to tell you that he was born blind. And notice, this man's condition was so bad, the disciples wanted to know who sinned. Right? I mean, they've seen other blind people. But this was unusual. And they said, who sinned that this man was born blind? That was a question in my heart. I wanted to know, how could this be? How could they tell? By just looking at him. And why was it so astonishing to them that they were asking this type of question, who sinned? You know what I believe? The man had no opening. Just thick skin. Genetic disease, you call it. Thick skin right over his eyes. No opening. When you see somebody like that, wouldn't you know he was born blind? Oh yeah, there's no question. There's no question. And I see Jesus do... A creative miracle, okay? Just like Genesis. He made mud, right? Showing us how he's done, okay? (laughs) He made mud and put on the man's eyes. But then he made him act on on his faith. You go do something. Amen? Because it requires faith. Go to the pool, wash, and you'll see. The guy said, yes, sir. No question. I can't see. So he came back. You know why I know that's the case? When he came back, people said, that's the man that was blind. So I said, no, he just looks like him. (laughs) Because he looks a little different. Does it make sense? He looks a little different. And the guy had to tell them, yes, I'm the guy. (laughs) Who opened your eyes? That was a healing miracle. Does God still do this today? Yes. You know why I'm so smart and know what happened? Because it happened in Kenya with T.L. Osborne. There was a child that came to, with a mother to crusade. She, this child was born blind. I saw pictures of people lining up just to see this child. It's a power. Look, this gives and changes a nation. 
can change a community. If you let them walk through us, they can change nations. I saw a picture of people lining up just, just to take their turn to see this child. Because the child was born without eyes, just thick skin, no openings. And they knew. And the mother took that child to a crusade where Theolos Bondin knew the child was there. Just thousands of people. He had no idea. But the mother wanted the child healed. This, this miracle, man, maybe can help me. And she heard the message. And as she was praying, she had the eyes closed. She was praying, crying out to God. And then she opened her eyes and looked down. The child was studying her face. With her face. And this knew the voice. First time they saw the baby. It's the same God. Jesus Christ is what? The same yesterday, today, and forever. If God was doing these things then, so we now say he is God who was, not the God who is. God is. He hasn't changed. He's still the same. The thing is we need to know these things and believe God for them and hope to see them. Hope to see them. Thank God. You know, on Sunday we prayed for people up here. I didn't know what was going on, but I had a uh, testimony uh, from Larry praying for somebody here. And the fellow said, I can hear my, he popped. Amen. Something popped. It was God doing it. You didn't know what was going on. That makes my heart very glad. That tells me God is among us. And he's pleased. He's walking among us. He's healing people. And he wants to do that. Now, I'm going to go to the gifts of healing. Notice, it's a plural gift. It's the gifts of healings. <laughs> gifts of healings. And again, remember that the gift is not our gift. It's the gifts of the Spirit. So he gives to us according to how he will. His gifts, because sometimes... In a meeting, and I've seen this happen, it's like so many blind people are getting healed tonight. Amen? You go to a meeting, it's like all the blind. It's just like God's healing the blind one after the other. And then another night is the lame people are getting off the wheelchairs. <laughs> if you look, watch the videos of the crusades, you'll be amazed. It's like in a given night... Oh, it's like any lame person can get off their chair. Maybe there's a lot of faith. They see the other guy walk off the chair. I can do that. And they get off from their own wheelchair and God heals them. I don't know. But that's what happens. And I've seen in the meeting where the preacher says, I feel like play, praying for backs today. And they said, if you have any back problem, please don't sit back there. Don't say it's a little pain. Run up front. Because that night... The gifts of healing, the gift of healing, your back is there. And if yours is really painful, run for it. Go for it. I see Christians hesitate. You have a problem. Maybe you see two or three people healed from headache, migraine, and you're sitting back there. Don't do that. Run immediately. And if there's an individual that God's using, run immediately. Because that may be the end forever. Of that problem. If it's cancer, yes. It's like 
one night is his cancers just the tumors are falling off from people. That's happened. I like watching those videos. And I'm not sure if they see one tumor fall off and the guy has a tumor. Hey, me too, me too. <laughs> and they run up. I don't know what's going on. But it seems like me too works. Every one of them gets here. And so it's the gifts of healing. The gifts of healing. Now, sometimes an individual can be very comfortable with a given area because of experience. And it seems like God uses me in praying for this type of sickness. And they think, I, I have the gift. No. What's happened is you've become very comfortable and it's easy for you to trust God to walk through you. And he's found the vessel. He comes through you. But if you extend yourself, he walks in other areas just like the same. Just like he's doing there. You just have to desire it. That's the gifts of, um, gifts of healing. It's not like you have this particular gift and it won't work in other areas. I had a real difficult time in my life. And I've said this here before. I, for some reason, God gave me the gift. I have a book written on the, uh, language from heaven. That was my ministry. All right? I pray with a lot of people to receive the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's a hundred people at the same time. I don't have to touch them. In fact, ministers will nudge me, please. Especially when I'm in Africa. Pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I'm among Pentecostals. And they say, but good luck, you got to pray with them. I say, but this is a Pentecostal meeting. This is, and this is a uh, Pentecostal pastor's conference. <laughs> PFM, Pentecostal pastor's conference. They said, pray, talk to us. I said, I don't know. These are pastors. I'm not yet a pastor. I don't know what to say. Tell us anything. Talk to us about the Holy Spirit. Okay. And then I tell them about the Holy Spirit. That was my ministry. Okay. And uh, now for the, and, and I, I talk to them and then I back up. And the pastors come to me and say, pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit. I say, hey, you told me this is a PFN Pentecostal Fellowship of Nigeria meeting. You want to embarrass me? He says, I know these pastors. Yes, they are Pentecostal, but they don't pray in tongues. You got to do this for us. So I'm a little bit nervous, and I go up and I say, uh, those of you, you heard the message today. I act like I know what I'm doing, right? <laughs> those of you that, that heard, you heard the message today, you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and pray in tongues, and you come up. And I'm expecting zero, and they're standing up. And I'm going, oh my God, this is serious. And, but you could put yourself back, get in the same mode. I've, by the grace of God, I've done this before. And I pray for them, and they were praying in tongues. And, uh, and then I thank the fellow. Thank you for telling me that. I learned something today. Just because he's a Pentecostal pastor doesn't mean he prays in tongues. Okay? <laughs> he just believes. But then my mother was telling me, pray for my eyes. I said to her, that's not my ministry. Okay. <laughs> Leave me alone. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I'll deal with that. Now, this business of praying for the blind, uh, go and look for the preacher. <laughs> I can't do that. And she'll talk to me and bug me because she saw me praying with other people to receive the Holy Spirit. And my thing is, just to get rid of her, I'll put my hands my hands, you know, and, and pray. I just go through the motion. 
And then after praying, the next day she says, uh, you know, I can see a little better. Uh, but, but, and it's, uh, my mind is, oh my God, she's back again. Just leave me alone. I don't do that. That's not my ministry. This, this is what I'm supposed to do. Today, she's gone to be with the Lord now. I regret it really bad. Yeah, it's painful for me, okay? Because uh, I should have listened, but I wasn't listening. But just because I had no knowledge until God gave me knowledge and understanding, and uh, you start small, and God can use you. Gifts of healing. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I want to go into the inspirational gifts. Um, that's, we talk about the power gifts, faith, um, working of miracles, gifts of healing. But now I want to look at um, inspirational gifts, which we all call so-called vocal gifts. And the vocal gifts, uh, they are given to us by the Holy Spirit. They are not your gift. They are the Holy Spirit's gifts, and He distributes in a service whatever, to whoever He wants. Um, I have to read this first. Give me First Corinthians chapter fourteen, so you understand this, the nature of these gifts. I want to I want to go into this with in depth because this is where Christians have a lot of misunderstanding. And, and we do funny things. And, and sometimes people get carried away and they are misled because they don't understand. You see, let me show you something. If you misinterpret scriptures and you act on it and God's not in it, guess who wants to be behind it? You have to get understanding. You have to have understanding. Otherwise, crazy things can happen. And sometimes people get really, really hurt because they don't understand what's going on. And so when you don't understand, for me personally, when I don't understand something, I can be studying it for a year and saying nothing to anybody about it. I want to understand what's going on here until I get an understanding. Then usually after I gain the understanding, this is just my life, I like to experiment. I'm looking for a way, an outlet, to see if what I'm receiving from God is so, then God's going to confirm it. And if God doesn't confirm it, I know I'm wrong. Back to the book. I've got to go study. So we really need to understand it. Listen, First Corinthians uh, chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Pursue love. Remember what I said? That's number one. In other words, go after love. And from chapter 13, it says, the greatest is love. So all of the gifts, love is the issue here. Love is the issue. You know, pursue love. Love one another fervently. I cannot be tired of saying this. Even when they disagree with me and curse me out, I still love them. That's very important. You can't be a Christian and the Holy Spirit cannot do a constructive work through you, a creative work through you, if there is no love. Notice what it says. It's like, pursue love. Go after love. Faith, hope, 
love. The greatest love. And so even if you desire his spiritual gifts, it should be for love. Because if you say, I want to have these gifts, sometimes it's so people see what I can do in God. Ah, you got it all wrong. It's all about you, not about him, and it's not about them. God's not healing them because you're so spiritual. God's healing them because he loves them and he wants them comfortable. And you just happen to be the donkey. Hello, I'm sorry. I mean, the person that God wanted to use. <laughs> okay? So don't, don't think you're that special. I've come to realize it's not because of me. It's because of them. When they come and they want to be healed, most times you feel nothing. But I'm encouraged. I know God's going to heal them. Why? Because of them. They came to Him. They didn't come to me. They came to Him. And because they came to Him, I present Him to them. They receive Him and He does what He does. That's, that's just the principle. God can use anyone. So the key is love. Love the people. If you love the people, the miracles will be there. The miracles will be there. You know, I was sharing with uh, the bishop while I was in Nigeria. He was telling me when he met T.L. Osborne. Uh, I met T.L. Osborne, and, uh, but I already knew this man is full of love. That's why you see the miracles all over the world. He loves people. He, I mean, he genuinely loves people. And he's been in Africa a lot, just like Reinhard Banke. But Angela and I, we were in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I knew he had his foundation, and I wanted to go there. And as soon as I got out of the plane, I was asking the taxi driver, where is the uh, Osborne Foundation? Because I wanted to see. And then we got to our hotel, checked in, and then this is a man that's known all over the world. Has disciples all over the world. Disciples, one of the greatest preachers we've ever raised in, uh, in Nigeria. Disciple that man. And that man has also raised so many great ministers. This was what they call him, our father in the Lord. Yet he's white. Excuse me. <laughs> Amen. But this, they love him. He's their father. When he shows up, everybody's screaming, Daddy is here. Daddy is here. And we love him a lot. And Angela knows I, I love him. You heard me talk about him a lot. Because I've seen that love coming out from him. He's the love heals. And, and we got through that and, and uh, I knew I couldn't go to, to his place. We were in ORU. And so we went to this tiny uh, Chinese restaurant. And to, to have a meal, Angela and I, before we go to the meetings, because we just got back from, got to Tulsa from, from Houston. And we walked around and got, uh, it was a buffet restaurant. We went around and said, and Angela said, you know that man you talk about a lot. Hey, I, that man looks like him. So I, I was sitting back in them. And I wanted to turn. Angela said, don't turn. They're all looking at us. He had already noticed that we were from Africa, and he couldn't wait to get to us. <laughs> he just couldn't wait to get to us. Angela said, don't, don't look back. They're all looking at us. And Benz and Ida Hosa, the wife was with him at this time. You know, Miles Monroe, 
They, they, they then introduced me to Miles Monroe and all of those people that I never thought I would even meet. And so after having my, my food, I had to go for seconds. I had to get my money's worth, okay? It's <laughs> a buffet restaurant. So I, I went around there, and when I stood up, his eyes, this the man known all over the world. This is just a young African. They know me from, from Adam. He, he, could, he wouldn't eat. He was staring at me. Because he knew I was from Africa. So I turned around and I saw him. He, he was already looking at me. I said, yeah. He, he got up, yeah. <laughs> and he ran and he hugged me. He's never met me. He hugged me so tightly. How are you? And we talked. And Angela left everything and ran to us. And Angela started saying, oh, he talks so much about you. And we're pastors. And Angela said, and he sends money to your ministry. And they said, I see. he said, he was already asking for your foundation. He said, really? He said, I, I closed it down because of the meeting. And he says, oh, wow, maybe there are many people like you that will want to say, next time I won't do that, I'll keep it open. So we talked for a while, and I was thanking him for everything he's done for my country, how he brought Christianity to us and all of that. And he was just behaving his night. Thank you. He was just like a little kid. He's just like seeing me, very happy. And then I was about to go back to my seat. He says, come here. Where are you from? And I said, well, from Nigeria. And he says, hey, Margaret, I also, that's the woman that they discipled. And I turned around. I knew her. Never met her. She got up, and I greeted them. And then I went back to my seat. I called the waitress. I said, I don't care if it's $700 that they are eating on that table. I'm going to pay for it. <laughs> this is the greatest opportunity I have to give to a man of God. Point. He's a lover. Amen. He never met me before. He's a lover. He loves people. That's why God uses him. You can love. Tell God to put his love in your heart for people. When you love, you don't criticize. You don't find fault. Listen, he doesn't see anything. Everything is beautiful, he says. He says, how can everything be beautiful? Can't you see what's going on? He can't see it. Everything is fine for him. That's the way God sees us. That's why when things are not right, if, when he sees it, he has the power to change it. And when you see it and God's operating in you through love, God then uses you to change it. Amen? Pursue love. And notice, don't just stay with love, right? Pursue love and what? Desire spiritual gifts. Don't say, well, I'm just going to specialize in love, okay? That's the best. He says, no. And desire spiritual gifts as well. Don't just stay with one. Follow through. Don't choose the commandment you want to keep. Follow through, right? Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in the tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. 
He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. That's the key. With vocal gifts, and I'll say it from the beginning, this is for the church. Notice it didn't say edify the people. It says edifies the church. This is unlike the other gifts. This particular gift is for the church. The purpose is to strengthen believers for the work of the ministry. This gift is not meant to change the world, if you understand what I'm saying. It's to strengthen believers through whom God now uses to change the world. Through the other gifts, the power gifts and the revelation gifts. Can those work in the church? Yes, because unbelievers also come to church. You understand? This is the starting place. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. That's the starting place for the rest of the work. The other power gifts. I know when it says tongues, uh, prophecy is the greatest, he's talking about when we are in church, not outside. In church. And we can read that further. But notice in... um, Acts chapter 19, verse 6, starting from verse 1, where it says, Paul met some disciples, and he looked at them and he said, uh, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, We didn't know that there is a Holy Spirit. We never heard of anything about Holy Spirit. And Paul said, How were you baptized then? They said, Unto John's baptism. They said, Well, John verily baptized, baptism of repentance. But then Paul took them again and baptized them. And verse 6, in uh, Acts chapter 19, verse 6, it says, After Paul had baptized them, he laid his hands on them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Right? You can read it. Verse 6, they spoke in tongues, and then they prophesied. They spoke in tongues, and then they prophesied. Well, what's the reason for the prophecy? Were they, did, they, did they have something to say to Paul that he didn't know? It's part of it. It's like a church meeting right there, amen, where two or three are gathered together in his name. He is there in the midst of them. So when they spoke in tongues, immediately they prophesied. They went together. Hello? That's the way it's supposed to be. We like to speak in tongues, but we don't realize you can also prophesy. They did. Right after they they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It's for the church. That's why, and I'm going to close with this because of time. Oh my God. The time is gone for me. (laughs) Now, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 31. If we can find that. It says, you can all. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 31. You can all prophesy one by one. Notice the word used, can. Right? You can. You may choose not to, but you can. You can all. All. All means, do I have anyone that is not part of that all here? You can all prophesy one by one, that all may learn, and that all 
may be encouraged or edified. That's what it is. You can. The thing is, you have to desire it. And you have to believe it. If we believe it, it will work for us. And if we do that, if we as a church, the Ark Fellowship, we do that constantly, guess what's going to happen? God will begin to raise powerful people here in the church. Because you start with that, and the next thing you know, you become something that God takes, separates you for a work that he's called you. And you can go. But the church these days, they even argue about speaking in tongues. They don't, I mean, church is fighting about speaking in tongues. I speak in tongues. I don't believe in that. <laughs> if you don't believe in that, how would you prophesy? Oh, my time. Acts chapter 2 says, In the last days, God will pour his spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters will what? Prophesy. I'm going to stop here. We'll go back this next week. Next week, what I want to do is go more into this and talk about it and tell you how God can use you in prophecy. Sometimes when you start in prophecy, it may just be a few words. Don't hesitate. Say it. And don't, don't even think about what pastor thinks. Just say it. Be obedient. Okay? And I want to tell you how, how those things happen. You start small, and before long, it grows. And God, then you become so relaxed, God can just speak to you as often as you want to. As long as your mind is there and you desire. Stand up with me tonight. I've really taken your time. Please forgive me for taking your time so much tonight. Okay. I need your forgiveness. How many will forgive me? God commanded you to forgive me. Okay. You don't have a would you raise your hand up to the Lord tonight and thank him for his gifts to us and tell him that you are willing. God, I'm willing. I believe. God, I believe. I'm willing. I want to be used. Everyone is a candidate. Everyone can be used. Start small. Start with God. He's gonna, when you start with him, he'll take you places. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be an evangelist. But he'll use you at your place of work. God can use you. But it starts here in the church where we are like family and we can express ourselves. And then God takes it from here and gives it to the world. Amen. Father, I just want to thank you tonight for your word. I thank you for speaking to us from your word. Give us wisdom and understanding in your word and give us boldness to stand on your word, acting on what you've said. Bless your people tonight as they go. Give them glorious dreams in their sleep so that they wake up energized, free from all the worries of the world because you are with them and you promise to be with us even to the end of the world. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen.